Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I interview college freshman Linus. And I first interviewed him back in the day. This is his second appearance. And back then, he was in high school. So he launched a site while he was in high school. I think he got it up to $100 or $150 in one month. And he had a very limited budget. I think he just had enough to cover like hosting and some domain uh, costs. But after that, he kind of just bootstrapped it. So very interesting to see how he was able to put things together. He let me know uh, recently, he launched a second site, things were going pretty good. And that's what we talk about today. One of the interesting things is his site actually, in the interview, we talk about this, his site was experiencing a decline in traffic, which is, is a thing that people often experience. And the cool thing is it recovered. So I caught up with him later via email and got an update because, you know, I was like, Hey, how are things going? Did anything recover? And he gave me a little update. He speculated why he thought it worked. And um, we will discuss that. I'll give you an update based on all the info he sent me. So that'll be super interesting. Quick note, I, uh, I'm actually recording this from my, my childhood home. I'm at my parents' house right now. And basically, I am uh, kind of struggling, I'll be honest with you. It's been interesting here trying to work a little bit. So one of the things that has happened is while I have a nice desk to work at, it's my dad's desk, I have plenty of room here. There's a phone next to me and inevitably, whenever I have recorded anything or maybe I'm doing a live stream or an inner circle call for a five-figure niche site, something like that, anything where it's kind of important for it to be quiet, the phone rings like 10 times. It's kind of crazy. I'm not sure why it's happening, just the <laughs> the uh, unfortunate timing, I guess. But what are you going to do? There's there's only so much there's only so much I could work around and at this point I tried to unplug the phone because I knew I was going to record this so I unplugged the phone I think it's not going to ring but it's one of those cordless deals and uh, I think it might ring I'm not sure how uh, how it works exactly I may have to like rip the battery out of there or something but anyway fingers crossed that it's going to work. The Doug Show is brought to you in part by Ezoic. And to be honest with you, I didn't know much about Ezoic at all. I kind of lumped them together with any sort of display ad company, but I was incorrect, like many things. So I just didn't really pay much attention. Um, from my perspective, I wasn't going to be using Ezoic or anything like that. However, now that I am testing a, a little bit more with display ads and just learning more about platforms and stuff like that, I was like, hey, Ezoic actually has some stuff that I may be interested in. So if you're completely unfamiliar with Ezoic, they're a, a platform and they have a lot of different functionality. The main idea is they have uh, like machine learning and AI to scale decision making. So they're an award-winning, uh, a Google award-winning technology that everyone from niche site web owners two major brands use to monetize their sites. So the thing is, 
Ezoic is a Google certified publishing partner and the platform basically learns when people visit the website and they get and extract information so that they can provide a more personalized experience and basically have better like on-page experiences. So the main idea is it helps you as a website owner optimize revenue and monetize on a per visitor basis. And you probably know that I mostly have affiliate content and I'm trying to monetize my sites via Amazon affiliate or something similar. However, I also have at least 50% or more of informational content, which generally wasn't really making much money for me. Sure, I could throw in some affiliate links here and there, but by using display ads, I'm able to make money from the informational content, which at some point, depending on you know where, where you are with your website, you may actually be getting more traffic to your informational content. A lot of times, it's not nearly as competitive as the commercially driven product reviews. So using a tool like Ezoic can help you like place ads in a smart way. Um, some of the benefits of using Ezoic are the simple drag and drop ad placeholders, and you'll be able to test different ad partners, ad locations, ad types, and control the ad density on a per visitor basis. So basically you'll be able to optimize revenue and engagement for each unique user, thus maximizing the revenue the publishers earn. So it's a very interesting way to like use AI and display ads and different ad networks to optimize for your particular site, your particular niche and all that stuff. One of the new things that I definitely think you should check out is the new site speed accelerator. And they say this, I'm going to read the copy here because it's written well. The site speed accelerator instantly increases website speed, page load times, and Google page insight scores by automatically implementing best practices like image optimization, lazy loading, CSS rendering, and much more. Ezoic's site speed accelerator removes the negative impact of slow loading pages on visitor experiences by determining what causes the page to load slowly and then optimizing those elements and how they are loaded and uh, delivered automatically. So it can uh, improve the ad revenue and SEO by improving the site speed. So quick note that the site speed accelerator is a standalone product that any website owner can use now for free with a seven-day trial. So it's a free seven-day trial. And Ezoic is guaranteeing publishers an 80 plus page insight, page speed insight score with the site speed accelerator. So just to re-emphasize, it is a seven-day trial to check it out for free. You'll be able to see if it's working for you, which um, it, sh- it should do a great job. So I encourage you to check out Ezoic's new site speed accelerator and their other suite of products. So thanks to Ezoic. Hey, what's going on? Doug Cunnington here from Niche Site Project and The Doug Show. I'm with my friend Linus. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Excellent. Excellent. And this is your second appearance. And for the people that missed the first one, I'll obviously put a link out there for them in the show notes. But um, you were like the youngest success story. Um, you're in high, or You were in high school when I talked to you before. And um, can you give a little bit of an intro about yourself for people that didn't see that first one. Yeah, um, so now I'm in college and um, 
I'm studying computer science at the University of Washington. Cool. And you got into niche sites a um, couple years ago, and people can refresh their memories um, in the previous interview. But basically, while you were still in high school, you had a site that was making about 100 bucks a month. And um, you launched a second site before you went off to college. So you have a lot of stuff going on. And we're going to get into a few areas. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, the two sites that you had or that you currently have um, and talk about content and link building for each of them. So we'll sort of look at them individually. So for the first site, um, can you take me through sort of the process? Obviously, uh, you were cutting your teeth learning on that first site. And um, yeah, just tell us about it. Yeah. Uh, so the first site, I started it in, I think it was June of 2018. And um, that was the first site that I ever launched where I actually did like keyword research. I did tried backlinks. It was kind of just like my learning, my experimental site. And um, at the peak of that site, it was like making the, I think the $100, like you said, in revenue. And um, yeah, I've just continued still working on it and trying to add backlinks on it and just improve my skills. Okay. And uh, for that first site, like how much content is there now? Um, actually, I've deleted some of the posts from last time because they were like, thin content. So uh, some of the, I think the last time it was at 70 articles or so. Now it's at 60 around there. Okay. So it's a little bit tighter. And um, as far as link building, did you do any link building for that first site? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, a, I have a few links on it. I think about uh, like 15 backlinks on it. So yeah, Mostly, okay. uh, most of them are guest posts. Okay. How did you land those guest posts? Um, I, go in, I go in Google and I type write for us, that specific query. And then I type like whatever um, keyword, like that my niche, my site, the niche that my site is in. Mm-hmm. So then uh, I do that and I find the sites that are similar to that shoulder sites and I write for them and then they give me a backlink. Gotcha. And I guess those are pretty easy to get because you could just, you know, look for write for us and they're mm-hmm. soliciting content. Right. Um, did you find that those sites had a lot of other like guest post type content? Um, some actually not really because some of them actually, a lot of them charge, they like make you pay a fee. So, and which I, I never pay. So I, I just, kind of discard them okay so you found free ones and they didn't even have too many like Mm -hmm. uh guest posts on it so yeah because i i kind of tried your strategy of like building a relationship with them first it's like complimenting on their site and then just checking up on their actually like following them before asking for the guest post okay cool and uh for the people that don't know basically you comment on a couple blog posts, uh, maybe you shoot them an email if they have an email address handy and you don't ask for anything for a while. And then, you know, you could hit them up later. You know that they have guest posts um, on their site because they have the right for you page on there, the right for us mm-hmm. page. All right. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so that site, you said that it reached about a, a hundred dollars a month, um, or at least when we chatted before. So mm-hmm. where, where's it at now currently? Um, so the site has actually dropped I think it got hit by the, the June 6th Google update. So I remember May, it, did, it had about 2.2K page views. So, and then it just dropped by like 50% in the month of June. So that kind of hurt. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And I have heard um, from a couple people that were hitting that June update and it reflects kind of what you were saying where it's not a complete drop, right? That you're mm-hmm. still getting some traffic, you're still mm-hmm. making some money, um, but it's, it's dropped dramatically. Mm-hmm. So the common thread that I have seen at least in the small data set that, you know, anecdotally people tell me stuff. Um, usually they don't have a whole lot of backlinks um, mm-hmm. compared to the competition. However, there are many other sites that do have a lot of backlinks and it seems to be like some in the top 10 for a lot of keywords will, will drop a little bit and they'll, you know, some other sites that are in the top 10 will move up a little bit. So sometimes it's not a huge dramatic shift. Now, on your site, Linus, do you know, like, did you drop down for a lot of terms to like page five or are you just further down on page one? For, I'm further down on page one because I checked back and I'm still ranking that on the first page. Just if I was ranking first, now I'm ranking ninth or something like that. Okay. And did you go through any like huge analysis where you're trying to figure out exactly what is going on? Yeah, I remember for like the whole month of June, I was, I was trying to add backlinks, you know, trying to change my content. That's why I deleted content. Some of that thin content, I was really trying to build it back up. Okay. Any results? Um, it started, it's incrementally increasing month over month. So that's good. So, I mean, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, but now I've kind of just let us sit and just kind of see where it goes. Okay. Cool. And I think that's good advice, you know, or a good strategy at this point with the last, you know, year and a half, the updates that we've been seeing from Google, it's really hard to tell what's going on. It's like a holistic view of your site and it's not like just on-site content or on-site stuff. It's not just your content. It's not just your backlinks or anchor text or anything specific. So it's like impossible to figure out. Um, Okay, so that's site number one, still making a little bit of money enough for you to get some pizzas and stuff on the weekend or whatever. So next, you have a second site that you started a while back, um, maybe even uh, at the time that we talked before several months ago. So how's that site doing? Um, Can you tell us about the approach from the beginning? Obviously, the first site is one that you like learned a lot on. So what'd you change the second time around? Yeah, for sure. So this second site, um, I kind of wanted to test something. So I launched it back in December of 2018, and I published like 10 articles. And I let it sit because I wanted to. I, I wanted to skip the sandbox. So I, I like started it and then went on my main site and focused on that. So then I noticed in about June, I started seeing traffic go up because it it was getting like 60 viewers, 60 users a month. But then in June, it started going about 100. And then July, it went to like 400. So I was like, okay, time to start putting, you know, like fire into the, into the gas and really work on this one. Cool. And like, how long was the, uh, the content for those first 10 pieces? Um, I tried to actually like not make them that long. I remember last time I said, I tried to make like 2000 words, but sometimes like the length, just cause it's really long, doesn't mean it's useful. So this time I've tried to like, just include everything that needs to be included and not specifically try to go for a certain amount. But on average, I'd say it's about uh, 1,300 right about there. Okay, nice. And then are those keyword golden ratio type terms or just other keywords that you thought 
would work out well. Yeah. So the site is um, it doesn't have any backlinks, so it's low. So it has low domain authority and page authority. So I try to go for like the low hanging fruit, you know, the low competition keywords, you know, snag those little ones. And eventually once I build it up, maybe I can go for those higher search terms. Okay. And then you launched with 10 pieces of content, started getting more traffic. At this point, how, how many pieces of content do you have? Not that much, like 20, 23, 25 around there. Okay. 23. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are earnings out for that site? Uh, it's a slope. So I remember some months it'll do like $30 and some months it'll do like zero. And some months it'll do like 20. So it's, yeah. it's up and down. <laughs> a little up and down. All right. Is there any seasonal component with it? Just curious. No. There's okay. no seasonal. I try not to go for seasonal um, niche sites because I like um, consistency. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I guess since traffic was going up in June and July, um, the second site doesn't have any sort of algorithmic drops um, in like June or September or any other updates? No, thank goodness. No. Okay. It's just just been increasing month over month. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then if I remember right, you said the first site, hopefully everyone can follow me. Mm-hmm. The first site you started that in like June of 2018. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And then when you hit the one year mark, it happened to coincide with the update that came out in June. Um, So it it dropped. But my, my point is there may be a chance because I have seen this um, multiple times where like at six months, there's some sandbox and then there's another sandbox at 12 months, which you were unable to observe because of the algorithmic issues that you had. Um, But there's a chance it'll jump up a little bit more. So have you seen that um, across any of the sites that you've looked at or anything like that or anyone you know? Um, no, not anyone that I know particularly, but I've heard of some people getting like traffic plateaus and staying there for like six months and then going back up. So fingers crossed that was, that's what will happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Well, um, you must be pretty busy. Um, do you find much time to work on your sites? with freshman year stuff going on <laughs> um uh, time management so i try to like i have a planner so i really try to like manage my day so like in the morning i'll see what i have to do and then i'll finish all that and then at night so my at night is when i'll work on my niche site stuff because my classes start at like 11 so i can work on them to like 2 a.m and then wake up at like 10 and then go to class Cool. And then do you know any other people that are like doing this sort of stuff that you're bumping into? No, not really. Okay. No, yeah. Does does anyone know like what you're talking about if you bring it up? No, I don't even bring it up that often. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say like, it's kind of across the board, like very few people know what we're talking about. And then if you, mm-hmm. if you happen to mention affiliate marketing and someone understands, like they usually understand like pretty pretty deeply because they've tried it themselves so mm-hmm. cool but i have met some few people that do shopify so that's pretty cool okay nice mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's it's uh you know similar yet different but if you know we're familiar with some of the um shopify stuff and i'm i'm, I'm sure they're they're like oh yeah i know some people that do affiliate mm-hmm. marketing so yeah. excellent well, what are your goals for, you know, either one of the sites, like content wise, understanding that you have uh, a lot of other priorities to work on 
Mm-hmm. Um, so my goal is to like have it kind of be automated. I really want to make like build it up to where it's generating enough income where it can like I can instead of writing the content myself or going out and finding backlinks myself, I can hire like a management like the Hoth or someone else where they can just do it for me, and I it can I can kind of like be the passenger in it yet still be like controlling it. Right. Just outsource it so you're not burning all those uh, cycles, like Mm -hmm. just writing content or whatever. Cool. And then do you have any goals for like how much content you want to add, say, by the end of the year or anything like that? Yeah. um, On my second site, so the small one, um, I want to be like like, like 50 50 articles. But what I'm really focused on is I want to build its backlink profile. That's so I'd rather if I was asked to build content or build backlinks, I would choose the backlinks. Okay. And then I, obviously you now have some experience. So you had the other site out there with uh, roughly whatever, 60, 70 posts at some point. And then um, you didn't have too many backlinks. You had a handful, but not mm-hmm. like, I would say like not a comparable amount to the amount of yeah. content. So is that kind of why that you're coming around to the backlinks or what, what makes that shift? I think the backlinks it just it makes your site I don't know kind of like stronger where it can handle these Google updates where it's not like if you get hit with an like a algorithm change everything just falls apart you know and plus it's when you have a lot of backlinks it's harder for people to knock you off like first rank if like if you have like ten backlinks on a post and someone has one the chances of them passing you is going to be pretty slim yeah mm-hmm. good observation. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So we were chatting beforehand and I was like, Hey, if you want to ask me any questions, obviously you've, you've weathered a, you know, an algorithm update. Um, yeah. Do you have any specific questions that you want to ask me about your sites or anything? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like besides like blog commenting, you know, building a friendship with the, with the other site owner, what other backlink techniques do you use or do you have? So that's probably the most like straightforward and solid, but um, I was mentioning, you know, again, before we started recording, I was talking to Dave Fox and he, for people that don't know him, he's, he's been on the channel a few times as well on the podcast. Um, But, but basically like he is doing outreach. He's finally come around to some link building. He wasn't a big link builder before, but he's come around to basically like go to, not very crowded channels. So the mm-hmm. kind of the opposite of what you mentioned. So you were looking for right for us, which is what like Brian Dean and uh, like Neil Patel. And like, if you look at the easiest way to guest post, it's approaching sites that are soliciting guest posts. Mm-hmm. Those are the most crowded channels. They get tons of emails. Their sites are probably filled with guest post type content. Mm-hmm. So Dave is approaching like others. So small businesses, for example, right? Like whatever industry, there's probably some small business associated with it, uh, whether it's directly related to it, or if it's like shoulder, uh, like you mentioned before, something that's kind of related, maybe there's an overlap in the audience. For me, that's Mm -hmm. a good way to look at it. So if you, if you look at your audience and then you sort of map out other things that they're interested in, then you you can figure out other topics. So let's uh, let's do a little example. Um, my classic example of like ballpoint pens or bullet journaling, right? So if someone's interested in bullet journaling, they're probably interested in 
like writing utensils Mm -hmm. and probably like other productivity type journaling ideas. Mm -hmm. So if you find like that audience and then start approaching, you know, the shoulder topics, you may have a good chance at, at landing either some guest posts or some content. Um, so if you are networking with that person, again, you know, you want to not ask for anything right away, but if you're networking and you're like, Hey, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, this specific journal, I'm going to publish it on my blog and I'll give you a shout out. I'll link to it. Like you're helping them out and you're letting them, you know, provide, they're like valuable information. They're using like you're giving them a voice, right? Like you're saying, Hey, we care about what you're, what you're thinking and you're a business owner and they want to talk about their business for sure. So if you could figure out how to like make that work, um, there's probably a, like a huge opportunity because it's a very like not crowded channel. And in Dave's instance, he was like, yeah, send out a bunch of outreach emails and, he got too many responses. He got way too many responses for him to even deal with. So he'll have to like ratchet it down and figure out how to deal with like such a successful campaign. So I haven't specifically done that, but like the main idea is to look for channels that aren't too crowded, people that want to talk about themselves or their organization or their business or whatever, Um, which if it's a business, they almost always want to talk about it. Um, so if you start with that sort of, you know, you'll, you're promoting them in a small way. Um, and then you could sort of flip it around like, Hey, maybe a guest post, maybe you don't even write a guest post. Maybe you just say, Hey, link to this, these couple posts that are relevant. Um, and you don't have to go through like writing a guest post, hiring a writer to write it or whatever. So. Okay. um, Okay. That makes sense. All right. And, um, this may not refer to me now, but like, what are some good ways to diversify a niche site? So, go ahead. Um, so like, instead of like, let's say Amazon, you know, like we have no control of this uh, structure. What if they were to change it? Would you like suggest adding ads on a site or doing like some infographic on your own? So like your own products on the site? Sure. So, I would, you, you can diversify a little bit by using display ads. There's a ton of different networks out there. I would highly caution people um, to make sure that you don't cannibalize your own affiliate income. So basically I've seen it a few times where uh, let's say it's a, a fairly intrusive ad network. I don't know which one specifically, but um if you put that on your affiliate posts, it distracts people. It gets them to click those links or it gets them to bounce immediately instead of going and making it the purchase. So the way to sort of hedge that bet is to put your display ads on informational posts or posts where you're not like, I guess making a lot of affiliate sales. So at that point, um, you know, maybe it's not getting much traffic. It wouldn't generate that much revenue anyway, but you don't want to cannibalize your yourself on that. Um, as far as like selling your own products and stuff, that's a whole other like can of worms. Um, it's, it's fun to sell other products and stuff. I've tested it a few times. 
um, if it's an info type product, uh, the margins are really high and, um, you know, there's a, a ton of different like delivery systems and email marketing, and you can do a lot of interesting things, but, um, it's very time consuming in a lot of ways. It's, it's not like, uh, you know, I wouldn't turn people away from it, but like however long you think it's going to take, like multiply it by three or five or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then it'll, it'll take a while to get there, but it's usually worthwhile. Like once you do, um, and then like further, as far as like diversifying income, you may be able to approach other affiliate programs. So oftentimes they may pay more like commission wise, but the conversion rate is usually going to be lower. So not always, but that's generally the, the trend. Okay. okay. And um, how important is interlinking within a site? Extremely important. So I've been doing, I've always been, not always, but I would say over the last couple of years or so, uh, very like focused on making sure there are some links, like say two to five going to other posts on the site and incoming for every post. Um, But at this point, I'm using like way more than that, especially for, you know, high value content that I know is like good. And I have enough posts on most of my sites where I can do 20, 30, like incoming links, Mm -hmm. even more, even up to 50, um, to a single post. If if there's enough content on the site, right? Like if you only have 50 posts, it may be kind of weird for every post to be linking to another one. If it's not the homepage or the about page or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, interlinking is super important, um, to the point where I was, you know, chatting with one of my friends the other day and uh, he followed this interlinking guide. I recently published an interlinking guide and how to do it manually and then how to do it with a tool. Um, So basically like you'll be able to um, add internal links and then at least in this person's case overnight, like all of the posts that he did that to like jumped by multiple positions like overnight. So it's within 24 oh. hours. So it's kind of like, you know, a no brainer. I know a lot of people, maybe they're like, Hey, the keyword golden ratio doesn't work. And then they don't want to try it. And you know, that's fine. I actually, I don't care <laughs> if they don't want to use it. That's fine. But, um, with something like internal links, like you literally, you could say, Hey, it doesn't work, but I'm going to test it. Give it a shot probably something's going to happen. Like it'll work a little bit and then you can tighten up your, your system. So internal links, super important. Super important. All right. I'll make sure to do that. And um, so let's say my last question is, so let's say you have a, you see a search term and the search term is a medium to medium to high, right? But you look at the competition and you look at their meta and like their PA and DA and it's not that high. They're like in the twenties. Should you still try to go after that term? So you said it was high competition, but like the, the metrics were low on the ranking site. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would maybe go for it and test it. Um, mm-hmm. I think every, every niche is different. Every keyword is a little different and you can test it for, you know, your own site. Usually one piece of content is not going to be um, like, dramatically expensive or time consuming or anything. So you could mm-hmm. sort of test it and see where it lands. 
sometimes you may see sites with uh, like low metrics, but really they are they have PBN links or private blog network links mm-hmm. or other links which are sort of hidden from the easy uh, like backlink checker tools. So you may not see that they actually have a lot of backlinks or maybe they don't have very many backlinks, but they're very powerful. Now, the other thing is like the DA and PA, uh, mm-hmm. that's a metric from Moz, the page authority and domain authority. Sometimes those, those are off um, as far as like comparable metrics from other tools. Sometimes they just don't represent like really what's going on. So I would check other tools as well to get a handle on it. And, you know, sometimes you never know until you try it. And another thing I've seen is like, if you happen to have, you know, high quality content, like okay metrics, um, which I, I won't even like specify, but like okay metrics, but a little bit less than the competition. Um, if the content's really good and you have, you know, some internal links from pages which are ranking, you may be able to, um, you know, rank higher than some of your competitors. Okay. And um, uh, how, how do you find like the motivation sometimes to, you know, get up and write an article or build links? Do you sometimes just feel like, meh? Yeah, all the time. So all the time. Funny, I sent out an email today, like how to stay motivated. So sometimes if you don't feel that motivated, you should just take a break and come back, come back to it later, do something you like to do. Um, If you really, you know, have a, you know, an aggressive timeline and you're not feeling the motivation, um, a lot of times like going outside, going for a walk outside or exercising usually will help things out. Sometimes, you know, it's just a wash, go exercise, sleep on it, go, you know, do something fun and distract yourself. Um, That's often helpful. The other observation, at least for me, everyone's different, but I find that um, if I have like that aggressive schedule that I just talked about and a lot to do, if you make it so you can't procrastinate and you're like, oh, I got to get this stuff done. Um, at least for me, I can get it done. I, I can buckle down, do you know, 12, 14 hour days or whatever, e- even mm-hmm. still right now, even if I don't need to, but um, oh, like over the summer, I took like a month vacation. And part of it was I wanted to have a hard deadline where I had to have a tremendous amount of work done ahead of time, schedule everything out and just walk away. So I intentionally made it very busy before the trip. Um, and I got, I got so much done. I got more done in six weeks than I did in the previous six months. Something oh, like wow. that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, um, I'll go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, figure out like what works for you. Some people don't want to have that pressure. I like to have that pressure uh, like off and on, right? Constantly mm-hmm. is no good. Um, but then, yeah, there's some other days where like I get a few hours of work done in the morning and then I'm just, I'm not feeling it. So I, I either work on something that requires like less of my like attention or something that's like a little bit more like fun, like work wise, but a little more fun. So. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 And do you still use um, writers from like Upwork and like Fiverr or do you, are you more now leaning towards more like services? Sure. So 
I never like used riders from Fiverr. I think that's a pretty bad place to, to do it unless you're paying like more premium prices. Um, I did, perhaps I tested, you know, back in the day for some content. Um, but Upwork, I haven't been hiring as many writers there because I have been doing uh, sort of a, a case study where generally I'm hiring services that are mm-hmm. more full service. So instead of me doing any of the project management or content management or whatever, I just hire the company and then they have a project manager they assigned to me and then they kind of manage all the writers. I have no idea how many writers are on the other end, but I've gotten this year in 2019, probably few hundred articles from companies like that. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you pay a premium for the management of the writers and all the, I mean, it's layers of overhead basically. But at that point, instead of me having to work with like eight or 10 different individuals, I'm working with like one person and then I can go on vacation like I talked about. So Okay. And is that the same with backlinks as well? Yep. So actually twofold. So, um, Part of it, yeah, I've been doing uh, some testing and some work with the Hoth in a company called Loganics, both in the sort of premium guest posting area where, um, you know, they have, I believe this is generally the way it works. Don't quote me on this exactly, but they have, you know, bloggers that they've worked with, they have relationships, so they don't have to send out like cold outreach emails, they can find relevant sites, um, and help me work with them directly, um, or through, through a company like the Hoth or Loganics. Um, but basically, you know, you end up with like some pretty epic links. And I I think the, the key thing that has changed in 2019 is the guest posted companies are now allowing you to select, uh, the organic search traffic for the sites as the criteria versus the domain authority, which can be easily manipulated in, you know, Mm. a month. Basically um, I've seen that in the past where um, you get a, you get a link from a site that looks like it has awesome metrics. And then you see, uh, you know, in the last six weeks to a month or so they've received like, you know, 400 backlinks, Wow. Which is obviously weird, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's not normal to have like a big spike like that and their me- it makes their metrics go up. So okay. yeah, I've been outsourcing um, quite a bit, but I've also been like going back to, you know, just classic outreach, you know, hooking up with bloggers out there. Those, um, those backlinks are great. Usually it's super relevant. And if you spend the time to build a relationship, it's kind of a slam dunk to, to make that uh, guest post work. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. Um, and you still do the 50-50, so informational and um, affiliate. Yeah, more or less. Um, I maybe favor uh, like a little bit more informational content, but yeah, generally in that 50% range. Okay. Wait, why do you favor uh, the more informational content? Just I've seen uh, from my sites and from you know people launching newer sites, some of the informational uh, content just seems to rank a little faster and rank a little mm-hmm. higher just through like less competition. I believe people are trying to go for the money keywords. So if you can hit the informational stuff, get a little traffic over there, do the interlinking stuff that I was talking about, 
the overall effect, my hope is like, it'll pay off uh, big um, as far as like a piece of content. Cause you can get more internal links and relevancy. Oh, true. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. I think that's all right. all I that was all the questions I wrote down. Excellent. That was awesome. So um, basically, do you have any, you know, sort of advice for newcomers to advice. the niche site world? Yeah. Um, advice, let me see here. I don't know. Just kind of just take it one day at a time is my thing. Just, uh, I don't know. Don't get too uh, emotionally invested in it. Because like with the traffic update, I mean, with the traffic fall, it hurt. But like, I don't know. Don't take it too hard. It's, it's enough. It's a roller coaster, I guess. Yep. It definitely is. And I think, um, I think you, you did, uh, you know, generally pretty well as far as like just reacting to like the drop in traffic, you checked out some things, you tried to make some improvements. It didn't sound like you made any, you know, crazy drastic, um, adjustments. You, you were like trying to improve content get some relevant backlinks, that sort of thing versus I know some people, they kind of go off the deep end, start doing like massive, massive things. But um, these most recent updates are really hard to pinpoint what's wrong. In fact, no one's really able to pinpoint what's wrong. To my knowledge, no, no one has. So, But it was tempting. It was, you know, because when it happened, I was thinking maybe I should add PBNs, but I heard those don't really, those aren't good. So I kind of just, and just let it go and just go with the flow. Yep. And, and like I said, um, you know, just being patient, see what's going to happen in the last several updates. Um, sometimes like your site will drop in the, in the first one, the next one comes around, it goes back up and then it's just kind of been a, a seesaw um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So anyway, and, um, yeah, uh, go ahead. And if the site is like, what if it, is it possible for a site to plateau and never come back up? Um, like plateau and then just, just never. the traffic. Yeah. The traffic never, it never goes past like 10,000 visitors a month or so. So yeah, that, that potentially that would be possible. It would be unusual if you were doing things that normally would incite growth. So mm-hmm. like if you were, you know, if you didn't do any work, I wouldn't be surprised if it plateaued. But if you're adding like content to, you know, to rank and you've done proper keyword research and, you know, you're doing promotion, whether it's being on podcasts, doing guest posts, YouTube videos, whatever, like if you're doing stuff that usually would incite growth, I'd be really surprised if it just stayed at a certain level. Um, yeah, I would. I don't think that's too typical. Um, it's more likely that people stop working on it or stop doing things that would cause it to grow. Okay, that makes sense. And that's only like my personal observation and experience, which is like very limited. I know, obviously, there's millions of websites out there, so maybe yeah. it is a thing that happens. But um, yeah, but yeah, if you're adding more content that people want to read then it it should it should work to go so. all right all right all right yeah. well um can people follow you anywhere or are you kind of you, you keep it on the on the down low right yeah i kind of keep it on the down low i'm not really into like social media and all that 
Good. You're very busy. You don't need to waste your time on that. So um, yeah, if you if you guys have any questions for Linus, you leave uh, comments on the YouTube video or uh, comments on the podcast, and we sh- we should be able to uh, yeah, circle back. YouTube comments. Awesome. Very good. Well, thanks, Linus. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me again, Doug. I hope to see you again. Thanks to Linus for joining me in his busy schedule. I know there's always a ton to do uh, that freshman year of college or all through college. And wow, I couldn't imagine. I don't, I barely remember what it was like. It was very hard. I remember it was extremely hard (laughs) in Georgia Tech. So a funny thing, uh, when Linus and I were trying to line up this interview, we, um, we had a few missteps. So first, like, Linus just wasn't there. So I, I, I was trying to meet with him and he forgot there was a time zone difference. So I think maybe the first time we met, he um, we were in the tam- same time zone or something like that, but he just, he missed it or I missed it, you know, not, not to place blame, but um, he did say, uh, yeah, sorry, I forgot about the time zone. But um, eventually, you know, we connected. The other sort of challenging thing and the the longtime viewers on YouTube and, and the other folks uh, on, on the podcast, you may recall this, um, Linus and I had have trouble connecting. So he doesn't use Skype, which is kind of interesting as sort of, you know, from where I said, it seems pretty ubiquitous, but um, some people don't use Skype and we had to connect. Um, we tried to use Hangouts at one point and then that didn't work. Um, so in, in this particular case, I, I used Zoom, which was fine. Zoom actually is a great solution and I think they've come a long way because when I first tried to use Zoom, it uh, did a terrible job and there were all sorts of issues and I think I just had like a very bad experience initially and probably for the past year or so, people have been encouraging me, encouraging me to check out Zoom because it seems to work really well. And in fact, I had a good experience with it. So quick note, um, this is the part that I want to give you an update on. So not necessarily a quick note, maybe we'll go on and on. So basically Linus observed a recovery and um, he said, hey, things are going good. Traffic's coming back. It's it's actually growing more um, than it was, right? So he recovered and he's uh, in good shape. I asked him, you know, hey, what do you think, what do you think uh, caused the uptick? Now, I knew there were a few Google updates, a little foreshadowing here. I knew there were a couple Google updates in the time period um, when he experienced the recovery. So basically, he told me he did this. And I asked about sort of some of the details and when the recovery happened. So Linus said, these four things. The pages that had drops all regained and improved upon their original rankings and with some of the articles um, having snippets, right? The featured snippets. So it appears above the actual search results. So that's like a ranking of zero. So he improved on where he was. He said, I think the content improvement did the trick. So I advised him to make some of those content improvements He said that there was a sudden jump in traffic and basically it all happened within a week um, of when he made the update. He also mentioned, last point here, it has given a large boost to other articles that he had interlinked to. So overall, 
His whole site seems to be doing better just by making the content improvement. However, it is always more complex than that. So I asked him when he observed the uptick in traffic and it coincided exactly with the November 8th, 2019 update. So he got the traffic back across like the the 8th, the 9th, and the 10th. And uh, basically things are good now. So very interesting. And this is one of the tricky things with SEO and Google these days. Maybe it'll change in the future. It's always a you know changing landscape. But Linus took some actions, some positive steps. He improved content. There was interlinking through throughout his uh, site. And basically, the traffic came back. He attributed it to the actions that he took. However, I don't think it had anything to do with what he did. So I don't I, I think it was just like a recovery. So I've seen this over and over again. And we we want to believe that the action that we took is exactly why there's an improvement. And perhaps, perhaps it is. But everyone else that I've talked to, this is not the case, right? You, you can make all these improvements, you can get more backlinks, and then nothing happens. However, it's just sheer luck that the timing when Linus... Uh, made these updates when he improved the content it was the week before it was the week before the November 8th update and the funny thing is I, I know several people that either got more traffic or less traffic on November 8th and they didn't do anything beforehand right so they made no changes it was just an algorithm update that impacted their site so I don't th- I mean it's a good move to improve content you can always do that and it'll be a good move. I don't think it is uh, related to his recovery at all. So that is my opinion, but there's no way to prove it, right? There's no way to prove it unless he like removes the content and reverts back and sees what happens, right? That would be the only way to maybe get some idea, but why would you do that? He, he like recovered, he recovered his traffic's back. Things are good. So there's no reason to like test it in my opinion. So anyway, it's crazy. It's a crazy world out there with Google. You never quite know what's going on. Before we finish up today, I want to give a shout out to the folks in the Atlanta area that came to the meetup at On the Border out in Gwinnett. So I know it was a bit of a hike for some people. I tried to find a generally centralized location, but we had a great session We uh, had some drinks, had a little food. I talked about myself for a little while and then answered some questions. So that's a little uh, preview, a little sneak peek on some episodes to come. I do, I I tried to record it. So I did my best to record the content and have some sort of a a vlog type thing going on. And um, I brought my recorder and talked into a microphone. So hopefully the audio is going to be okay. My very short preview to check to see if it worked was uh, successful. And it's kind of funny. I was like, oh, it'll be great to capture the content, blah, 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 and be able to repurpose it. And just for folks that weren't able to come, right, you could sort of experience what it's like to do a live Q&A, something like that. And it's very easy to get like totally stressed out about the technology because I was going to video uh, video it and bring my DSLR and have that set up. 
and then I brought my audio recorder knowing that the audio would probably be shitty from the DSLR, even with a good microphone. So um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm going to record it the easiest way that I can, and hopefully it'll turn out okay. The good part is I do have good mics. You know, a good mic is not super expensive. So I have a couple good mics, a good Zoom H4N recorder. So I I think we're going to have some good footage and I think that it's maybe going to be a half an hour or so. Half an hour of content, although I'll have to, uh, you know, edit out this and that. But it was pretty cool. I like doing the live stuff. Um, People enjoyed meeting each other. I tried to do a good job, like helping everyone introduce themselves to each other and make sure everybody got to chat and everything like that. And with a a group size of like 10, it's not too hard. So it wasn't too hard to facilitate that. I I was extremely nervous. I was super nervous because I didn't know like the layout of the restaurant or how loud it would be. I tried to pick sort of a time where it wouldn't be too busy in a restaurant that wouldn't be too busy either, but had, you know, cheap beer and decent food and a place for us to sit. So I called ahead and tried to tried to plan out as much as I could and got there a few minutes early to sort of review the space and see where we were going to sit. It wasn't completely ideal, but it was good enough for what we were trying to do. In the future, it'd be cool to have it at a brewery, although I know that's not everyone's cup of tea or pint of beer, as it were, but it would have been cool to have it at like a tap house or someplace with many different beers. However, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times a place with a big selection of beers, like a Taco Mac, for example, they have a bunch of sports um, playing. It's much louder. There's a lot more people there. So like I said, I tried to pick pick a place that wasn't going to be too crowded. And it was okay if we took up, you know, 10 booths or whatever we had. We didn't take up that much space, but we just sort of took over a sort of section of the restaurant there. So anyway, thanks a lot for the folks that came out. It was super cool. Um, There's a high likelihood I'll be in the Atlanta area a little bit more in the next year. So maybe doing more of these and um, we'll lean on you guys to help organize this stuff. Funny thing, I haven't done one of these in the Denver area, which I should actually have a good space to run it in my co-working spot where there's like, there's beer there. We have plenty of space. There's a conference table and it's just kind of a cool place to hang out. So uh, maybe, maybe I'll do that sometime soon. So watch the emails and, uh, you know, just pay attention if I do organize it. So I think we'll just end it. We'll end it right here. So have a great day out there. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode.